Rogue One. Rogue One? There is no Rogue One. Well, there is now. Rogue One. Pulling away. Pulling away. Hello, folks, and welcome to Rogue One Radio. I am one half of your host team, Steve Long, and with me is the other half, the better half, Charlie Kirby. How are you doing today, Charlie? Well, let's just leave it at the other half. Okay. Uh, well, Steve. <laughs> so we are now on our ninth episode of Rogue One Radio. Uh, so thanks for tuning in and listening to us and listening to two guys ramble on about Star Wars. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the decade of Star Wars gaming. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, video games, board games, role-playing games, uh, anything that the gaming world had to offer in regards to Star Wars-specific gaming. Uh, Before we jump into the news, however, um, let's go ahead and why don't you tell us where the folks can find us on social media and talk to us. Sure. You can find us on Twitter at Rogue Numeral One Radio. You can find Steve at Otter272. You can find me at Charles PDK. You can check us out on Instagram at Rogue Numeral One Radio. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rogue Numeral One Radio. And you can also go support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Rogue Numeral One Radio. And if you have any questions or comments, Feel free to email us at rogue1radiopod, all spelled out, at gmail.com. Yeah, so yeah, the Patreon is actually pretty new. We just got it up last week. Uh, If you like the show, you know, and you feel like you can support us financially, it's not a lot of money. Every little bit helps, though. So yeah, go on, and, uh, and even if you're not supporting us, Go find other podcasts that you like and support them because the entire podcast community uh, of Star Wars could definitely use the help and the support. Um, So we're going to jump into news for a bit, but I thought we'd uh, also like I wanted to talk a bit about uh, your week uh, or our week. Like what Star Wars specific stuff has been going on for you this week? If anything, um, for Star Wars, for me this week, it's mostly been uh, <laughs> following uh, the, the stuff going on on Twitter. So, mm-hmm. not exciting. Not something I really want to <laughs> relive. <laughs> but it's uh, but uh, okay. But yeah, no, uh, pretty. Pretty tame week for Star Wars. Star okay. Wars for me. Well, I've been uh, I've been rewatching uh, some of the seasons of Clone Wars. Uh, you know, we've got the the new season coming out next month, so I'm kind of kind of getting caught up on some of the old uh, older episodes, older seasons. Um, 
so that's been that's been kind of cool looking through that uh reliving all that um i'm also reading i finished up the uh finally finished up well i finished it up before rise of skywalker i finished up the uh aftermath trilogy um i did i did get that finished before uh rise of skywalker came out and i am currently reading lost stars uh by claudia gray um i'd say i'm probably about 65 percent of the way through so i i may actually be done with that one pretty soon and uh what do you think of that so far um i like it but it's not what i expected it to be uh you know it was i knew it was about these two friends that uh, spoil alert by the way if you've never read star uh lost stars i'm i'm going to try not to spoil this for you too much but uh just to be on the safe side go ahead and and wait till you've read it to listen to me <laughs> um it's about these two friends that that grow up on this nowhere planet uh and they end up joining the empire uh they go to the imperial academy and whatnot um so it it do, there's a lot of time jumps going on which I'm which I'm fine with. Uh but I didn't realize how much of a um, almost to a point kind of a kind of a romance. Oh, it's 100% a romance novel. Yeah, and it's I I wasn't expecting that. Um, but, uh, but the story itself, I, I am enjoying. So that aspect doesn't really bother me all that much. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very YA. Yes. Um, I have noticed following them in sort of, they're sort of high school, uh, they're sort of high school adventures and then follow them as they're getting a bit older and yeah, there's a lot, a lot of romance going on in there, but uh, but I like how it follows because they are uh, both Imperials. Uh, one of them splits off to join the Rebels at a certain point. Yeah. Well, what's funny is he doesn't he but, doesn't initially start out with the Rebels. He's like essentially uh, kind of a smuggler. Like an well, he's a he defects from yeah. Yeah, he does defect, but he doesn't automatically go to the rebellion in fact up to a certain point he hates the rebellion he considers them to be terrorists and it makes and yeah and that that way of going to the rebels makes so much more sense than yeah. almost anything else i've seen in star wars yeah that yeah. you would it it's it's a really hard jump to go straight from you know working with the empire to just joining the rebels right because those people have like killed your friends and stuff yeah and it's such a good novel for showing like how these major events because i think it it basically follows from the original trilogy to uh the battle of jakku yeah now yeah it starts off like it starts off way before the battle of uh of yavin uh because they're still Mm -hmm. They're still kids, so it's it's like rise of the empire time period, 
Um, yeah. But then, you know, they get, uh, they, they become part of the empire, you know, they're, they're officers in the, in the Navy and, uh, and that's where it starts to get into the original trilogy. Um, I am up to the point where they, like Hoth has already happened. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, they've already they've already gone to Bespin, so we're already past Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and you, and you get to see kind of like on a very human level how these large events are affecting the people on the ground. Yeah, and that's which a, I think is really interesting. Yeah, that's the one thing I really like about this book is that you see these historical, as far as Star Wars goes, these historical events through other people's eyes, like eyes other than the Skywalker family. I really yeah, like that it, about doesn't it. it. Doesn't it open up with them going to go see a... Uh, a parade. An imperial parade. I think yes. Tarkin's there, too. Yes. Kind of and, leading the parade. Yeah. And, the, and it makes and, so much sense. Yeah, the little the little kids uh, that are the that are the main characters in the story, they're, they're kind of little at this time. I think they're not even teenagers yet. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're basically children. Yeah. But they meet, they meet Tarkin and he kind of inspires them, I guess. But and like, and if you don't know, like that, he's like a literal Nazi. <laughs> yeah. You know, seeing a guy walking around, leading this parade of really cool giant machines through your yeah. town is kind of cool and having him be nice and yeah right. like it all just it is one of my favorites it's, it's not what i would think would be like my favorite star wars type of thing yeah but it but it ends up being one of my favorite star wars books from this new from this yeah. new canon yeah it's really good uh i do like it I don't want to say I like it better than the Aftermath Trilogy. I, I did like the Aftermath Trilogy. Um, but, yeah, this one, I, I, I might like this one a little bit better. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Aftermath Trilogy is very classic Star Wars, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, at this point, you know, People at this point they really think of the Empire as the saviors. I mean, they stopped the Clone Wars. They they stopped this war. Uh, so you know, finally this war is over and we can get back to normalcy. And they really think of the Empire as the saviors of the of the galaxy. And at this point, don't realize that they're uh, a bunch of giant turd bags. Yeah, and you know why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, unless you were like specifically destroyed by them. Right, right. So other than that, you know, reading that and then watching Clone Wars, I haven't well, I've been I've been doing some writing, of course, for Future of the Force, but um that's kind of a that's kind of something that I'm always doing, so that doesn't really count as new. Um I did watch uh a couple of days ago, I actually rewatched the Phantom Menace. I don't know why I picked that one, but I, I ended up rewatching it. Because it's the best one. Yeah. Uh, it's the 11th best one. <laughs> uh, all right. 
So uh, let's talk a bit about some uh, breaking news in the Star Wars galaxy, some stuff that's going on that uh, we have that's come across our radar this week. Uh, you want to go ahead and start us off? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call, call any of this breaking, <laughs> but uh, but the first piece of news we wanted to talk about was we just saw the release of some Star Wars furniture by um, I, I don't even know. It's not IKEA. Uh, Kenneth Coben Pew. Um, I'm not familiar with the brand. Neither am I. But, but I've it never is heard of it. Uh, Star Wars furniture designed. It's furniture designed with a Star Wars aesthetic, and right. mostly that means. Uh, I don't know if they call them wicker chairs, but their chairs <laughs> have. Kind of, I, I'm willing to bet that it's really not high quality. <laughs> um, it might be here because here's my here's my annoying thing with Star Wars anything. Yeah. If it's if if we can buy it, then it's probably garbage. Um, <laughs> if it's actually high quality, it's insanely expensive. Yeah, yeah. Because the Star Wars license is so expensive that people either have to cut back on the quality of the product. So, like, I'm never going to get, like, that R2-D2 coffee press or any sort of Star Wars-themed tools yeah. or... Anything that I actually need to, like, function. Well, interestingly... Oh, go ahead. Oh, because it's just not going to be quality enough to actually do what it needs to do. Right. But interestingly enough, um, the company that I work for, it's a... uh, um, It's an electronics and... uh, Lighting and power company that we, we make like power items and lighting items and consumer electronics. Uh, Our company actually has a Star Wars license. Um, However, right now, the only thing that we're using it for is, and and it's probably because that's the only thing we have the license for, is uh, lighting, Uh, specifically um, night lights. So we sell a lot of those. Uh, actually, when I went to celebration last year, um, some of the, uh, the lighting folks handed me a box and told me to hand them out since I was already going to be there. Uh, so, you know, these, these nightlights, uh, you know, they've got like stormtroopers and Darth Vader and BB-8 and, and they're, uh, I think the new, the, the new stuff that's out now is, uh. There's a TIE Fighter and a Death Star. I'm pretty sure that's when that one has been released already. Um, but yeah, the I, I did some like some beta beta testing on it before it was released, and it's all it's all good quality. Um, not terribly expensive, but but I yeah. agree. Like a lot of the stuff that you're that you that you're mentioning, yeah, it's it's either not high quality. Or insanely expensive. Because, yeah, like, this collection. Okay. So we have the Darth Vader armchair, which is, uh, you know, it's pretty unique looking. I think having the pillow, having the backrest and the seat look like Darth Vader's mask is a little cheesy. A little bit, But, yeah. you know, 
But I think like when you're paying four thousand seven hundred dollars for a chair, you just have to be like, you know, <laughs> some things aren't going to be perfect about it. We're just going to drop forty seven hundred dollars on this chair. <laughs> the 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 Tie Fighter chairs are that's where the wicker goes out. Yeah, decide to kind of form the wings, and yeah. then you have a cushioned seat. Those are. Let me see, twenty seven hundred. Oh, uh, you know what? the the Vader chair is forty three hundred. The the Tie Fighter chairs are twenty seven hundred dollars. See now, so, if, if I was made of money, I would probably get the Tie Fighter chairs. You know their little setup that they have in the picture. You know, if I had a large house with several different rooms to furnish, sure, yeah. And I had one room I could just just make like my Star Wars, you know, hundred thousand dollar room. Right. Yeah. You know, I might look at some of this furniture. Yeah. But neither one of us are independently wealthy, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. But uh, I don't know. So yeah, that's kind of my mixed. I almost don't even care to look at some of this type of stuff, just because. <laughs> It's so far out my price range. Yeah. And it's it has to be really special for me to like just want to look at it. And like I said, so much of like Star Wars functional uh merchandise is just just not worthwhile. I'd rather just get black and decker and Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of But uh but anyway, yeah. that's my that's my rant. Yes. <laughs> Um, so then, you know, the rumors have continued, uh, about what the next Star Wars movie will be based on. A lot of the rumors are fixated on this idea that it's going to take place during the High Republic era. Um... There have been some mentionings of the High Republic era... In other media, specifically in the Kylo Ren comic book. So, uh, what do you think? I like, do you think this is still, to you, do you think this is still rumor? Or is this pretty close to, yeah, this is going to happen? I mean, it's still definitely rumor. Like until you actually hear something from Lucasfilm, yeah, it is. It's a rumor. Um, it, it seems to me but, like like with this mention of Project Luminous that has been going around and and Charles Soule mm-hmm. being a part of that, it seems to me like he is slipping it in before an official announcement. I could be well, wrong, I, but. Well, this is definitely the type of thing that like the story group exists for yeah. is to when they know something's going to come up and be important to kind of slip it into different Star Wars media. Sure. Because I feel like that's happened with planets that are coming up in the movies. Um, yeah. Different places. They'll show up in comics and books beforehand. Yeah. And to kind of to establish them and within the canon and then they show up in a more major piece of Star Wars media. Right. 
So I think that so having this stuff start to show up definitely feeds into the idea that this could be in a movie. Yes. Um, and, and I'm just I'm trying to envision whether this is going to be like so we've we had the sequel trilogy uh, and we had the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, you know the prequel trilogy, and all the Star Wars media from that those periods of time were just kind of obsessed with those eras. Yes. Um, the sequel trilogy era, I think, has actually probably been the most messy, just because they there. I think there was. It didn't feel yeah. like there was a lot of media actually taking place in sequel trilogy era. But point being, are we going to move our comics and our books and our games to focusing on this High Republic era? I I think initially no, because we just started a new Star Wars flagship comic book title um, that takes place between Empire and Return of the Jedi. We have a Darth Vader comic coming out, a new Darth Vader comic coming out, takes place during the same time period. And in April, we have the Dr. Afra comic restarting with a new number one. And as far as I know, that's going to be taking place during that same era. So as far as the comics go, uh, with the exception of the Kylo Ren comic book, uh, which, of course, takes place between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, the... uh, it seems like the era that they're they're focusing on in the comic books is between Empire and Jedi. Now, that's not to say they can't start exploring that era in the books. Or that doesn't even mean they can't do new comic books other than these three that are in that era. Yeah, because these could just be like, you know, the flagship. Like you have, they're they're always going to have like their Star Wars line going, and they're always going to have their Doctor Afra seems to be always going. Yeah, and Darth, I guess Darth Vader has been going consistently, hasn't it? Um, well, they had the the first one that was written by Karen Gillan. Yeah, and then. There was a brand new series that took place uh, right as we left off in Revenge of the Sith. Um, that one, that series was titled Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. It was written by Charles Soule. Um, and then when that book ended, we did not have another Darth Vader book, uh, Darth Vader comic book. Um, so this will be the first Darth Vader comic book since that one ended. Um, and it's been, it's been gone for, for a little bit. Yeah. So, but we also have, you know, two years before this movie would be coming out. In oh, sure. December of 2021. Yeah, definitely. So we could go through, uh, you know, a cycle or two. Yeah. Yeah. 
the comics before it even comes out. Um, so yeah, I, I'm and I'm curious because if they do do that, kind of move everything to this High different era of Star Wars. Yeah. Man, that will actually be I think pretty bold, depending yes. on the choices they make, because they'll be abandoning just a lot of the stuff that they've been kind of leaning on for yeah. the past. I don't know, maybe uh, less than 10 years since they've owned the license. Yeah. They've leaned very heavily on the original trio. Sure. They've leaned very heavily on uh, original trilogy aesthetics. And it's not to say they haven't released like prequel trilogy type stories and books. Yeah. Books and those sort of things. But they've very much been focused on the original trilogy since then. And even the sequel trilogy is still sort of... I think a trilogy about dealing with, yeah, you know, their their ties to the original trilogy. Right, right. So yeah, jumping jumping away from that uh, is is going to be a risk. I think, you know, I got to think that Lucasfilm and Disney know what they're doing, and and they're. Um. Uh, I mean, they, I think, I think, I think in the end, the risk is going to be worth it. Well, let me, let me put it this way, because like, as someone, as someone who's just interested in Star Wars and creative projects happening, Mm -hmm. like that sounds great to me, right? Yeah. But going to that era is, may not be as wildly and crazily uh, popular as doing stuff that is related to the original trilogy. If you're trying to introduce new characters, a new era, and trying to get people excited about that without having, you know, uh, ties to the original, the original cast, um, you could lose uh, a certain section of Star Wars fans or just general audience fans yeah possibly but one of the one of the rumors associated with is that yoda will still be in it oh right yeah um so that that could bring back that could bring back some of the uh original fans um and I, not that I've heard any rumors about it, but it could very easily bring in Maz Kanata as well, as long as she's been, you know, as long as she's been alive. So that could possibly bring in some of the sequel trilogy fans. And they, um, they yeah, and you could ground it in that, but those certainly aren't characters that. No, not as main characters, they, they, but at least to kind of tie it in. Yeah. You know, say this is still a Star Wars film, so. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking, like, you're just not going to have a Chewie were home moment. No. With these with these trailers or movies. Like, Yoda, everyone recognizes a Yoda. Everyone uh, knows 
that is, and they'd immediately, if they saw him in a trailer, they'd connect him to Star Wars. Yeah. But I don't know that people have, like, the emotional attachment, immediate emotional attachment, attachment to that character they do to the original trilogy cast. Right, right. And so, and so you're just not, you, you have a lot more freedom, like creativity, uh, creatively. Yeah. And introducing new characters and, and, and that type of stories you want to tell. But you don't have that, what I would call like a nostalgia crutch to lean right. on anymore. Right. Um, and so it'll just have to be good movies, which, you know, yeah. I think they can do. I don't. I'm excited for whatever they're going to be doing with it. Yeah, me too. Um, I just hope that their their pocketbook thinking doesn't get too much in the way. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they get a really good director, and and hopefully we're going to be hearing an announcement on who that director will be later this month. Yeah, we're almost we're almost to the halfway point of this month, and they're supposed to announce it. Yeah. So the latest rumor was late January. So we'll see if that happens or not. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get uh, get something. Um, so the last bit of news we have to talk about was, it kind of ties in with our main topic a little bit, in that um, the there was an announcement that Fantasy Flight Interactive is essentially shutting its doors. Um, so Fantasy Flight Interactive was essentially the part of Fantasy Flight who, at this point, does, what, 95% of the Star Wars games that are out right now. Um, so it's a, it's a division within Fantasy Flight that... <laughs> I'm not entirely... 100% understand it, what it is they do. They pay, they take yeah. existing properties and put them online. I, it looks like they are trying to build their own sort of Hearthstone or Gwent from the games that they have. Mm-hmm. Have and try to create um, yeah, online modes of playing them or, or something to that extent. Right. But it just didn't. So it did, sounds like it didn't pan out, and they're they're having to. Uh, well, they've laid off that entire division. Um, but as part of that, nothing has been. As far as I've seen, nothing has been for certain. But there are rumors that uh, the RPG division could be in bad shape as well. Um, I think at the very least, one thing that I've heard or read is that the designers of the RPG division are not necessarily being laid off, but they are becoming more uh, freelance. Um, have you heard anything else about that? That's that's about the amount of information I was able to find. And yeah. this is just like 
days ago that this yeah. was coming out. So this is still developing. Right. Um, I mean, I... It's really disappointing. Mm, yeah. Um, I think if they're... I would have liked to see their interactive division do well. I would have liked to see them use... Do some of that stuff with the Star Wars license. Yes. I don't know if they would have been allowed to. I don't know if that would have, like, been considered... Uh, getting into EA's video yeah. game license. Yeah. But uh, it seems like if you're the type of company doing these card games like, you know, like Magic, that that is kind of one of the directions you need to be moving. And yeah. And it's not. So so I yeah, I hope they get to focus on their RPGs. Uh, it looks like their miniatures are doing well. Yes. Um, I just don't like to hear that the people working on something that I love are having to struggle to do it. Um, freelance work is not great. No, it's not. Uh, I've done it before. <laughs> it's. Uh, I'd like to know that they have like, you know, good health care they're getting benefits they don't have to worry about their families but well know, it's uh the thing that bothers me is what this tells me if this is true uh, that they're all going freelance is that the company is not heavily invested in that line which yeah. tells me they're not going to concentrate on it too much so what does that mean for the future of Star Wars role play playing? You know, that's um, that bothers me. Well, definitely, yeah. I think the books will definitely slow down. Uh, whatever they have in the works will probably just still go through the pipelines. Yeah, and we probably won't see the effects of this for another few years. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing: that as far as the role playing games go. There's a lot of content out there already. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're really heavily into the role playing, there's a lot of information out there for you to digest and use. Um, and then, of course, you know, you, you can make up your own adventures, as, as most people do. Um but yeah, you're you're right. We're probably not going to see the full effect of this for a couple of years. Uh, but it is disappointing. Is, yeah. Oh, because I was going to wonder about uh, if they are ever going to do like maybe a second edition of uh, Edge of the Empire. They're ever, ever going to update it or, or do anything like that. But oh, that's gosh. probably. I hope not. Not going to happen at that point. <laughs> well, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Great, another book I'm going to have to buy. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been nice to see them be able to, like, build it into something. Yeah. Something, like, uh, on a competitive level. But it's just, now it looks like it's just not going to have uh, no. the force to do that. <laughs> and, I don't know, it's, uh, just, uh, yeah, it's just a little disappointing. Yeah. Um. But luckily, you know, for fans, they're able to get, like you said, a lot of content out. Right, right. 
So um, that is actually a, a good segue into our topic for this week. And uh, that topic being the decade of Star Wars gaming. So we'll talk about video games. We'll talk about role-playing games. We'll talk about miniature games. Uh, just about everything we can think of that started off the previous decade um, in gaming that is Star Wars specific. So where should we start off? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we should kind of talk about uh, LucasArts a little bit. Okay. Because previous to this, you know, in the previous decade, again, basically the entire history of Star Wars gaming was produced by LucasArts. Right. So Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Hmm? Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, uh, Escape from Monkey Island, I think, was LucasArts. I think it was, too. Is that right? Uh, Uh, But, yeah, they did a lot of games. And part of Disney acquiring Lucasfilm was the shutting down of LucasArts, which stopped a lot of games in their tracks. There was going to be a Darth Maul game coming out, and uh, that stopped production and never got picked back up. But um, And the the last games we got from them were uh, Force Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2. Right. um, Which are... I would kind of call them spiritual successors to the Jedi Knight games. Yeah, I can see that. Just in that they're third... Their third-person action adventure games, yeah, that had they, they had a much heavier focus on hacking and slashing. Yeah, almost like a, a Dynasty Warriors sort of just mowing through through crowds of people. Yeah, but um, but yeah, because I think I think it was really disappointing the the closing of Lucas Arts. Uh, yeah, I don't. Like my understanding was that they were going to shut down anyway. Yeah, that whether Lucas tried to, if Lucas had tried to keep the company, that Lucas Arts was going to get shut down, or Lucasfilm as a whole was probably going to start getting uh, taken apart, and that he that he just had to sell the company to, in a way to save a lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we kind of have a division between the LucasArts era and the Disney era. And this decade has very much been more of the Disney electronic arts era of Star Wars gaming. Right. As right. far as video games are concerned. That is correct. Because um, uh, I don't think this was the Saga edition of the tabletop game. I don't think there was anything within this decade that was released. No, that was released, um, and there wasn't... It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of support for that game, um, as far as supplements and whatnot go. Uh, I'm pretty sure I still own a copy of that book, though. I think I tr- I think I may have run a couple of of games 
couple of sessions of that one. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think anything else came out for that this decade or, or, you know, the last decade. Uh, everything has been other than force unleashed is really, or force unleashed two rather has been, um, as far as role playing games has been fantasy flight, uh, video games has been electronic arts. Uh, with the exception, of course, of the MMORPG Star Wars The Old Republic. That, I think, is still highly uh, controlled by Bioware. Um, <clears throat> Bioware is still the production company working on it. Yeah. But I'm... But well, Bioware, Bioware got bought out by got bought out by EA. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't aware of that actually. So they're yeah. So they're all just they're just all within the same yeah yeah. They're just all within the same company. Yeah. Now. So that MMO, um, of course, is basically the same engine, I guess, for lack of a better term, as Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, same type of graphics and whatnot. Uh, but just in a larger setting. Um, and I've, I've oh, played... Oh, you know what? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say, we should probably mention that Star Wars Galaxies got shut down in 2011. Um, yeah, wasn't that a... I remember hearing about it. Wasn't that like a... I might be thinking of something else, but wasn't that some sort of uh, civilization type game? That that was the uh, the MMO. That uh, it was hmm. it was super duper uh, sandboxy. Where oh, I remember. You, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Your own, yeah, you could establish your own towns and cities, and elect people mayors. And uh, they didn't even add Jedi to the game until very late, late into it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of a lot of people really love Star Wars Galaxies. Um, I was always uh, too poor and didn't have good enough computers during the time that it was popular. Yeah. I mean, so that I never really got to play it or get into it. But um. But the stories I hear about it and the way people talk about some of the videos, it looks like a really interesting game to get into, especially with the community. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that did shut down in 2011. I think, uh, as part of the opening of Star Wars, the old Republic. Yeah. Um, it was like, yeah, it was like right before that started, they shut that down. Oh, okay. But yeah, I've I have played Star Wars the Old Republic on occasion. Um I don't play it anymore. I just I don't really have the time for that sort of thing. I get, I can get sucked into that too easily. Um n- not to say that there are things out there that I do get sucked into anyway. Uh I just don't need another one. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh 
but yeah, that's that, it is a it is a fun game. Um, if you have a decent enough computer to play it on. Um, for a while, I was playing it on an older laptop, and uh, I would get some serious lag on it. Uh, but yeah, you have to have a really strong single core. Yeah, for uh, a really good graphics card too. I I think. Um, it doesn't, doesn't demand too much, but yeah, any of the games on this list, you yeah, <laughs> using a computer. Yeah, and and you know most of these I I was not so, uh, but like the next one on our list is the Battlefront games, uh, Battlefront and Battlefront Two, which were actually a reboot of a game from I. Don't remember when that originally came out, but it was a completely different type of game. Do you remember the old Battlefront? Yeah, those are those are actually going to um, those are some of the first Star Wars games that I played because um, okay. I played those on the PlayStation Two. That was about uh, that was like two thousand four, two thousand five. Oh, okay. Battlefront one and two when they originally came out, and. Yeah, I mean, they were still third-person multiplayer war games. But it was... Uh, Battlefront 2 is maybe closer to what those games were. Yeah. Where you you chose specific classes, and your different different classes had different specific skills. Yeah. Was, and, uh, and there was an element of uh, your... Your side would sort of spawn soldiers, and you're trying to keep them spawned. Uh, I I don't know if uh, if MOBA would be the correct way to describe it, uh, which you're trying to get like your little soldiers to keep producing, producing yeah. to overtake the other side. But um, but yeah, those were really fun. Those that's you know some of the Star Wars games where I really felt like. You're actually like in the Star Wars universe, yeah. Universe yeah. and participating in these big battles, yeah. Um, yeah, those are the games I remember from you know when I was in high school, high school, and just that that was Star Wars for me at the time. Yeah. So, Battlefront came out, and um, strangely enough, I had actually not read anything about this game I just saw that it was Star Wars and I was you know immediately like oh I've got to go play this um, so I went and bought it and I actually did not know that it was a multiplayer only game so had no story it was just a bunch of team up with other people and shoot them up. Um, uh, least to say, I, I was not happy with that. And I was very upset that I bought that game. Because <laughs> I didn't even, at that point, I didn't even have, you know, the, the PlayStation, whatever the PlayStation thing is called that allows mm-hmm. you to do multiplayer. 
Um, I want I, I PlayStation Plus maybe is what it's called. I don't show you how much I, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't even have that, and so I didn't really get to play that much uh, until I figured out that there was a like a co-op mode that you could play with a friend if they were at your house. Uh, yeah. So I, I played that a little, but for the most part, I didn't play a whole lot of Battlefront. Uh, when Battlefront 2 came out, initially I was not planning on buying it. Um, and I didn't when it first got released until I heard that there actually was a campaign slash story mode. Um, and then I went out and got it. And, and I actually really like the campaign mode. Um, mostly because of the story. I really like the story. Uh, so. Yeah, the campaign mode of the second game is, uh, I think pretty fun. It's like short six hours. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it some of the best star Wars gaming or anything, but it's certainly fun. Yeah. Fun. And, uh, and continuing from the Inferno Squad book that came out beforehand. Yeah. And I think it's it's a, a pretty good uh, continuation of that story. Definitely. Um, I'm not that into uh, FPS shooters or multiplayer shooters, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not that competitive. Because um, I think I bought both these games whenever they were a little bit cheaper here and just, I put a lot of hours into the first battlefront game when I look back at it. <laughs> and I, and I think that's, I think that's solely just because there was nothing else. Star Wars gamey at the time besides just going back to old games. Yeah. But, uh, and so like, and that's like to 2015, Force Awakens is just out. Star Wars hype is at its highest, and you want to do some Star Wars, and all you got is mm-hmm. this Battlefront game. And yeah. I play on a I play on a PC, so I can do the multiplayer without extra cost. But um, but yeah, they're not games that I feel any particularly strong feelings about. Yeah. Um, I I'm mostly annoyed with them for just taking up space. <laughs> for like you you could have put out some like for really wanting some meaty single player games games with actual story driving them yeah and these are just easy money grabs sure um, yeah i could see that say, there's a lot of work put into those games the environments are beautiful um the details they put into the weapons and the ships are just fantastic. Yeah. Um, I wish those were environments that I could just explore. Yeah. Definitely. Or not have to worry about people shooting me in the face while <laughs> I just go look around cloud city. Yeah. Cause it looks amazing. And the work, uh, dice put into those games is immense and amazing. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from that. It's just the way EA puts out games Games like that is just uh, not my cup of tea. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. Especially when it's just not a genre that I'm that into. 
You mean the the first person shooter? Yeah, multiplayer genre? competitive. Yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the whole multiplayer thing. Um, which is why when it first came out, I was not a huge fan of Fallout 76. Oh yeah. Um, I was. I mean, I was a huge fan of Fallout 4. Love that game. Uh, and I was excited about 76 and then it came out and it was like, no. Um, but yeah, back to, back to Star Wars. Um, the next game, speaking of, well, not necessarily a money grab, but you probably need a lot of money to be able to play it. Um, and that would be, uh, Vader Immortal. Um, like you were mentioning before the show that not only uh, do you need the Oculus to play it, but you need a really strong computer to play it. <laughs> a, a pretty beefy PCC to actually run any sort of VR stuff. Right. Um, right. And so you already... So I mean, if you're already like a gamer... Like I could probably, I could probably run VR on my computer, but it would. I wouldn't feel feel good about it. Mm. Now I <laughs> wonder, like dropping the money for an Oculus Rift. Is oh just sure, like, yeah. Mm. But I I wonder if they've thought about taking this to PlayStation, because PlayStation has its own VR. Yeah, and I think it would depend on. If they could downgrade the graphics mm. enough, yeah, you're right. You're enough right. to be to be functional on there, and I, I imagine they could. Um, but yeah, that seems like where it should have gone. But, I mean, the the project has felt kind of like a. I don't want to say experiment, but just sort of something showoffy for Star yeah. Wars to have. Like, yeah. if there is VR gaming, you don't want Star Wars to not be on VR gaming. Yeah. But as, you know, as a crybaby fan, I just want, I would have access to all the Star Wars things. Right. <laughs> and so, it, it feels a little annoying, but I also understand, like, you know, VR gaming is a thing and you don't want to not be there. Yeah, you you got to get on that bandwagon because somebody out there wants to play a VR game that is Star Wars. Um, so I did get a, a, a very short sneak peek of this while I was at Celebration last year. Um, and as interesting as it looked, I don't, at that point, I don't think it was something I was going to spend my money on. Um, when it came out, it's just not, I don't, I don't want to spend extra money for the Oculus just to play Vader Immortal. Cause I'm can almost guarantee you that I would not play anything else with an Oculus Rift. So it seems like it would not, it would be a waste of my money. <clears throat> yes, yeah, that's my other concern with VR is that it right now it doesn't feel like it has enough games right. that I would actually want to use it. It feels kind of like the Wii where right now it still I think it still feels like novelty. 
Um, and, and until there's like a land, some landmark games on there that you have to try and there's a price point that is reasonable. Yeah. It's just not something I'm particularly looking at. Right. Right. So I don't, at this point in time, I don't see myself ever owning Vader Immortal. Yeah. Yeah. By the time that we actually, VR is commonplace. Yeah. V- Vader Immortal will probably be uh, defunct. It'll be like going back and playing a classic game. Right. All right. Um, so the last video game we have on our list is, is pretty new. Uh, and that is the Jedi Fallen Order game, which I, I don't, I, I have finished it. I don't know if you have yet. I think the last time we talked, you still had not finished it. I am, uh, I'm closer. Um, I've looked at the ending and you just see how it does, how the story goes. Yeah. I was, and um, I think my, my final verdict on it, technically without finishing it, is it's a pretty good above average Star Wars game. Okay. Uh I like it. Um I like it fine. Um how do I put it? I think it I think what a lot of the mechanics in the game and the actual gameplay is really innovative and really good. And um, I think they've taken lots of different pieces from other styles of games and used them in uh, in really smart ways. Yeah. As far as, like, platforming and puzzling and a uh, combat system that's designed around uh, being protective. Yeah. The being more defensive, uh, it, which I think feels closer to real lightsaber battles. Like, I feel like if you're actually using a lightsaber, you're going to be a little more careful than just uh, Force Unleashed style spinning around all over the place. Right, right. But um, but I still feel like as far as, like, I don't think the story does anything amazing. I don't think Cal is that intriguing a character. But it's not like... <clears throat> There's nothing bad about it. It's just not, like, transcendent. But for the Star Wars games we've gotten recently, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. probably the best Star Wars game of the decade. Probably. Um, so that leads us into other types of Star Wars games. Um, we have one here. Uh, it was a an arcade game called Battle Pod. Um, I have not seen this game. I, of course, I don't really go out to a lot of arcades, so that might have something to do with it. Uh, I mean, to be real, there's like, what, Dave and Busters? Uh, and... Main Event is another one. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I just don't feel like there's that many like arcades anymore no that aren't primarily focused on sort of coin sucking ticket games right yeah um but yeah when i looked this up it just it, it looks like a refresh of the uh 
think I think late nineties uh, yeah. trilogy arcade game. Yeah, I think you're right. And where because you're still just you're flying an X-wing through uh, the Death Star battle, the Empire Strikes Back, um, Walker assaults, and the Return of the Jedi, blowing up the Death Star and doing a uh, uh, doing speeder chase on indoor. Yeah. Which, which I remember, I remember, I think all those being in the original, uh, trilogy arcade game. I think you're right. And which, which I did play a lot of, uh, not well, and, uh, <laughs> but, but I did. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do we have next? Oh, um, yeah, this one is is something we're very very intimately um, experienced with. I, I think would be one one way to say it, uh, and that would be the Fantasy Flight uh, role playing game, um, which consists of three different, uh, not really three different eras, but three different takes on the game. Uh, you've got Edge of the Empire, where you play as outlaws, smugglers, uh, miscreant types. Um, Age of Rebellion, where that's more focused on the war part of Star Wars. And, you know, you play soldiers and spies and that sort of thing. Um, and then Force and Destiny which is more focused on on the uh the Jedi. Um now all of these three can be played together but they have separate books. If that makes any sense. Um I think each one also introduces a different mechanic. Um as Edge of the Empire you have your obligations right basically where you owe money or you have some sort of problem age of rebellion has not honor points it's something decorations or basically you get awarded for doing heroic feats okay see i wasn't aware of that because the only one that i've played is edge of the empire yeah and then forces of destiny force and destiny has like a morality uh thing to it yeah, that makes sense. To it, which is which focuses basically on you know a smuggler with obligations, a soldier trying to be you know uh, hear, a war hero, yeah. and and Jedi's who have sticks up their butts and are always whining about doing what's right and what's wrong and yada yada. <laughs> so, um, so we we actually we actually play this, uh, you and I, along with another. Mm-hmm few people we play the uh edge of the empire um every other friday and we just finished up kind of a uh somewhat large story arc and we're getting ready to start a new one uh so but yeah this have is... you uh go ahead oh i was gonna ask if you if, how many uh different because this is the first um, tabletop RPG that I've ever actually played. So I, I picked up the Edge of the Empire book 
uh, used that at Hastings in like 2014, I think. Okay. And then, and then from there, I was able to find online groups to play with, and I've been, you know, and I've been playing that uh, on and off since then. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I didn't play D and D first. First, actually, I had to learn the D and D rules, and I then played Shadowrun, and so I've kind of learned what the differences are in the rules for Fantasy Flight, yeah, or their uh, Edge of the Empire. And I still think they're some of the best story-driven mechanics. That I, I've I seen. agree. I, I like how this system is less role for everything you do, mm-hmm. and and more story-driven. I do like that. Um, this this is not my first role-playing game, uh, tabletop role-playing game, uh, nor is it my first Star Wars tabletop role-playing game. Um, mm. I, I did start off many years ago with the uh, West End Games. Um, I think it was based on the six-sided dice, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time since I played it. Um, everything was based on the six-sided die. Uh, so I started off with that one. And then got into the the D twenty one, which eventually became uh, the Saga edition. But that one didn't really. Uh, it, it seems like that one didn't get a whole lot of support. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, official publication public published material on that one. Uh, if there was. I was not able to find it. <laughs> so, well, it looks like they were they released two books in 2010. Uh Galaxy of Intrigue and Unknown Regions. Yeah, I do and remember then, Unknown Regions. Yeah, and it sounds like they did not their license ended in May of 2010. Yeah. And and that's it looks like they just chose not to continue to renew their license. Right. So that, that kind of ended. Um, I, I do own that book. Um, but then I got introduced to Fantasy Flight um, when I saw the Edge of the Empire beginner set. Like at this point, I'm pretty sure that the core book had not even been released. Um, so I bought... I bought the beginner set and I looked through it and, and quite frankly, at first it was really weird Um, coming from, you know, uh, I don't want to say highly experienced, but I I had at that point up at that point played a lot of role-playing games. um, None of which were like this at all. So it was, uh, at first, I was. It was just a little weird, and I didn't really play it much. Um, and then I started to understand the dice a little bit more. Uh, and then, and unfortunately, after that, I, I, you know, I got to the point where I wanted to play it, but couldn't find anybody locally to play it with. Uh, and had I known about these online groups, then I probably would have had a lot more experience playing it. 
uh, I mean, even even now, I haven't I haven't found any online groups to play with, but I kind of want to just to get a little bit more into the woods, so to speak. Because this also, um, yeah, it looks like the first rule book was published in June of 2013. So, yeah, I probably picked it up in 2014. But, uh, but this also spawned one of my favorite, uh, like, live play podcast, which was a campaign. Okay. And they carried their story on for a few years. Oh, wow. They're actually the podcast that actually got me to watch uh, The Clone Wars, because they would mention a lot of lore from The Clone Wars. Oh, wow. So I, so I went ahead and uh, caught up on that. And, uh, yeah, the, yeah, Edge of the Empire, I I think just has, like, is really central in my, my sort of modern, like, my recent Star Wars fandom, I should say. Yeah, yeah, because that, you know, because it's dealing with the outlaw element of, of Star Wars, um, underworld element. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, I, I think it's one of the best story mechanics. It's so focused on just letting the players try to be <laughs> as cool as possible. Yeah. Trying to just do fun things and not getting bogged down in, like, how many different directions your grenade blows up and right. what is the impact of each of those. And please roll for each leg to see if you can swim out of this hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and uh yeah there's just a there's just a lot of like just fun mechanics with it I think. I agree. Yeah. And and like I said, I'm there's a lot to it. Um if you wanted to get into it now, um there's a lot of material. The only annoying thing I think about it is uh they don't have they don't publish PDFs of any of their books. Yeah. Um, at least any of their Star Wars books, I should say. The, they release PDFs of um, their other lines. Yeah. But I, it has, I, I assume it has something to do with Star Wars license. Yeah. Because that would make it so much more available to people. And I think a lot more people would get into it if, if they, they didn't PDFs have to have. Available. Yeah, if you didn't have to have a hard copy. And yeah, yeah. Because, um, like, you know, <laughs> I I, under, I understand, like, pirating is, is, is annoying and that it doesn't, like, they feel like they're losing money through that. Yeah. But the fact is, that's just kind of how your stuff gets around now. Like, one person in the group spends way too much money on all the material, and then they'll share that with other people in their group. Yeah. And... It's hard to do whenever all only one person has like is spending hundreds of dollars on books, and if you want to play online, no one else has those books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, um, uh, do you do you still play it online, like the RPG? Um, we we ended our last campaign. Maybe a year ago. Oh, okay. 
maybe a little over that. Um, it's, it's been a little bit since we last did uh, Edge of the Empire. So, but it is – it's also difficult to find online. Okay. I was going to say if somebody out there listening wants to play it online, I was going to ask what would be the best avenue for them to um, – Roll20 is still the most populated online gathering place for um, for tabletop games. It's a lot of D&D. There's a lot of people that would prefer to play uh, Saga Edition. But um, but just keep your eyes out and be ready to jump on it whenever you do see a game open up. Um, I think there it, are it, some... Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, and there are subreddits. Um, there's specifically a subreddit for the Fantasy, Fantasy Flight game. Um, I think it's just called... SWRPG. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there are some Facebook groups out there of people that play the RPG as well, and and that might be another good line on uh, online role playing games. Um, and I always bought the books on eBay. Um, I'm not sure what that market looks like now, but I never. <laughs> I never play. I never paid full price for any of those books. Um, I always bought them secondhand, uh, either through eBay or other um, other websites. So, yeah, if you most... don't have a bunch of money. Don't feel like you need to <laughs> fish out, you know, fifty, sixty dollars, and forty dollars for every book. Just uh, look around on eBay, and you can find some stuff. Yeah, I think most of the ones that I've bought have been either on Amazon. Um, or down at uh, Game HQ. So, I've yeah, probably... I I found them at half price books, and like I said, I got the first one at uh, Hastings. That doesn't exist anymore. But no, it doesn't. I'm kind of upset about that. But yeah. Right, now the uh, the rest of the stuff on this list, I don't have much experience with yeah I'd, uh most of this i don't have a lot of experience with i i've played some of them um the first one we've got up here is this imperial assault which is kind of a board game kind of a miniatures game uh i don't have a whole lot of knowledge about I actually own the game I bought a used copy of it uh about two years ago on I want to say I bought it on board game geek um and then I I try I looked over the rules and I I messed with it a little bit and it I, I found it a little bit confusing um eventually I, I need to try to figure out how to play it, but there's there's just so much out there that I can play. I just found it kind of unnecessary to even try. <laughs> uh but it's one of those games where, you know, you've got your core set and you can play that and 
uh, and that's fine, but there's a lot of expansions. So it's another one of those typical like money suck games where if you really want to get into it, you've got to spend a lot of money on the expansions. Um, but yeah, that's that's about all I know about it. I I know that there's an app out there that you can get on your your uh, iOS or your your Google Play that will actually walk you through it. Um, and that that's probably what I'll end up using when I try to figure out how to play it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it looks like Fantasy Flight has been on top of this stuff. Um, I will say the artwork for the Fantasy Flight products. Is always great. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially the, the the miniatures on the miniature games. I know look good. I never I never played with miniatures. Um, if you are into board games and into miniatures, um, there is a really good podcast called uh, the Jodo Cast. Yes, who focuses on these types of board games and stuff, and I really like them. Yeah, they're... Um, if you if you want a podcast that is focused on Edge of the Empire. Um, for the mechanics, they talk about the mechanics and building characters and that sort of stuff. Uh, the Order 66 podcast, I think their their Edge of the Empire focused one is on D20. And uh, you can just Google both those guys and you'll be able to find their podcasts. Yeah, Jodo Kiss I've listened to uh, quite a bit. And uh, I, I have listened to the Order 66 a time or two. Uh, both both are good good podcasts. But yeah, and if yeah, if you're if you're interested in those those aspects of them, aspects gaming, those are two podcasts I I really do recommend. Yeah. Um, if you just want to hear people playing the Fantasy Flight RPG games, uh, the Edge of the Empire uh, campaign podcast, you'll have to go a little bit further back. They've changed games now. They ended that campaign uh, a little while ago. But it's a lot. It's a lot of episodes. But uh, they're all. Uh, what do you call it? Um, I think at least two or three of the cast do improv comedy. Oh, and so yeah. They're they're kind of professional comedians. Okay. Comedians and they and they're they work to make like an actual like cohesive story throughout the campaign, and and it has some really emotional parts. Uh, almost all of it's really funny, and I always. A lot of inspiration from that game, oh, but uh, cool. the, the campaign podcast. Uh, if it's something else for people to check out, good deal. Um, so this next one is more what you would call a traditional board game. There is a a slight RPG aspect to it, just just slightly. Um, it's called Outer Rim. Uh, just came out last year. I first heard about it at Celebration. Um, Fantasy Flight, I went to their booth and they were doing playtesting for it. And, and I played a few games and I really enjoyed it. Uh, wasn't able to get my hands on a copy because every time I went back to their booth to... Like they would, re- they would have copies of it every morning for you to, to buy and, and take home. Um, but I never made it on time because by the time I got there, they were already all sold out. So never got it, but um, I, I enjoy this game. 
and I I actually wrote a a, a review of it over at uh, Future of the Force, um, but I like it. I I think it's uh, I think it's a well crafted game. The artwork on it is good, uh, and I just like the premise of it. It's it's a fun board game um, that puts you in the driver's seat, so to speak, <laughs> uh, in some ways, quite literally, uh, of, of a ship and you're basically flying around doing jobs and the objective is to gain a certain amount of, uh, infamy and, uh, yeah, good game. We should, uh, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, that's definitely a game I need to get sit down and play with you. Yeah, me and uh me and Joey have played it quite a bit and and I actually one night convinced my wife to get in on it. Um <laughs> and then of course my wife not being uh really a Star Wars fan, uh she was just she just played it because it was a board game that we were playing together. So, um, but yeah, it's got some, it's got some cool characters that you can play and, uh, and yeah, definitely. Uh, we should, we should get together sometime and, and make a night of it. Um, there's, there's even actually a kind of a solo, solo, uh, aspect of it. You've got a, you, you can play it, one player against what what they call an AI, and it's essentially just a deck of cards that says, "Hey, this oh, is what okay. this is what the AI is doing." Um, I've never have played you tried this that yet. I have not. It's okay. usually when I'm playing it, um, I'm usually just playing it with Joey. <laughs> So. Yeah, uh, I wonder if, if that f- would. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. If this is your first time tuning into this podcast, uh, if you're wondering who Joey is, that is my 15 year old son, who is uh, quite a bit of a Star Wars nerd in his own right. <laughs> yes, he definitely exists and is a real person, <laughs> yes. and not just Steve's imaginary uh, <laughs> child. <laughs> Or imaginary friend. No, that that would be Hector. <laughs> Hector is my imaginary friend. Well, and Hector hates Star Wars, so I don't yeah, even know why he's around. I don't know how he. I don't know how we are even friends. Because. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, next, we're going to talk about. <laughs> do you? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think. Have you played any of the card games or the miniatures? Yes. Yes, uh, and we're, okay. we're we're getting into card games now. We've got a a few card games that have been out this decade. Uh, one being, um, just Star Wars the card game. Um, I have not played that one. Uh, I think isn't this the one that's more kind of. I don't want to say like magic, but kind of has that sort of aspect to it. 
Uh, yeah, when I looked up stuff of it and the way that people were playing it, yeah, it it looked like much more of a traditional sort of CCG uh, magic style game. Yeah. Now, are they still are they still publishing that? Um, or, is that or is that defunct now? It looks like it kind of looks like this was more self-contained. Um, so I don't see like booster packs and stuff for it no, the way that you would for like a Magic the Gathering type game. Yeah. But I, it looks like it was just published in 2012. They put out a few expansions and that looks like about it. So probably not an active game anymore or actively supported. Yeah. Um, this other one, Empire versus Rebellion. Uh, I've never even heard of this one. So I I certainly have not played this one. Yeah. Um, I think it just looks like, a, when I looked it up, it just looks like kind of more of the same. Yeah. Uh, um, like I said, the only thing on here, it looks, it still looks like kind of self-contained, Looks like it might be meant for just like a couple players. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the one that seems to still be going is is the next one though. Yeah, Star Wars Destiny is it's still a card game, but there's also a dice aspect to it. Um, and the dice are it's put out by Fantasy Flight, uh, but it's not your typical fantasy flight dice like the destiny system also has its own dice mechanic um this one i have played uh and it's i haven't played it a lot i've played a couple like i've bought some of the the expansion i've got like something they called the i want to say they called it the starter set which, you know, everything in one box is enough for you to play against a friend. You know, you've got all the pieces there. Uh, so I, I have that. And then I also have a couple of the boosters. Um, so I've played that a few times. And, and I do like it. I I think if I... You know, it's it's another again. It's another one of those money sucks, where to really get into it and enjoy it, you have to have expansion sets. Um, so so I think at some point I'll probably buy some more expansions, maybe, and just just see how much more I enjoy the game. Um, ha- have you played this at all? No, no, I okay. haven't played this one. Okay. Um, this, this might be another game that, that we all need to get together some night and just play. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as far as card games, I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, I don't think they've done any more card games. Yeah. Not, not that I saw and... I'm surprised at Wizards. 
that Wizards of the Coast didn't do have more success with that back when they were they had the license, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, See, Fantasy Flight has has been putting them out since they had the license. Maybe that's part of the problem is they're not really big on card games. Yeah. Um, now the one thing that they are um, seems fairly big on is uh, their miniatures line, the miniature gaming, um, X Wing. And Rebellion, and Legion, uh, and then Armada. Um, now, of these, the only one that I've played is X-Wing. But from what I understand, um, Rebellion and Armada are kind of not necessarily expansions, of of X Wing, but just X Wing at a larger scale. So so with X Wing, um, you know when it started out is the 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 core box had uh, one X Wing and then a couple of Tie Fighters, and so you fought against each other. Uh, you know one player would play. One side and one the other. Um, but this game has gotten... Uh, it's gotten a lot more expanded. They're, they've they've got a 2.0 version now, which really is the only one that's supported anymore. Um, and they've got a lot of different ships for you to, uh, to goof around with. So, uh, again, another, um, another money pit. Um, however, you, you know, when I say it's a money sucker, it's a money pit, not necessarily a bad thing if that's what you're into. Um, this is one of them that I actually did get into for quite a long period of time. I, I own quite a few of the ships. Um, and me and me and Joey actually were, uh, at one time part of a league and and I, I don't know what happened. We just quit going. Uh, but yeah, I like I like X Wing. Um, I wouldn't mind trying out some of these others, like like Armada. Uh, but I there's only so much you can spend your money on. <laughs> yeah, it takes. Yeah, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of money to. Uh, to get invested in those. Well, especially the other one, Legion, because that is more what I would think of as a traditional miniatures game because mm-hmm. it's it's all, you know, characters and, and people and they come, like the set comes uh, with unpainted miniatures. So not only is there time involved in going out and buying these and, you know, and spending the money on these, but there's also the investment of time uh, painting them. So, and that's when I think of a miniatures game, that's really what I think of as a traditional miniatures game. Um, and I have I kind of wonder, oh, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I kind of wonder how, uh, 3D printing will affect 
the miniatures market coming. Hmm. Once three D printers are pro- are more affordable for people, yeah. Or even if you are spending that much money on on miniature games already, it might end up just being more cost effective to do. 3D printing of miniatures. Yeah, once 3D printing gets a little less expensive, for sure. Yeah. Um, price on the machines goes down and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so Legion is is one of those games that looks interesting, and I think I would like to try it. But again. Uh, my money is already kind of at this point. Really, my most of my gaming money is, is tied up in the role playing games because there's still a lot of books that I want that I haven't gotten around to getting. Yeah, well, and the good thing about those books is that they hold their value pretty well. Yeah, in they're very well to other mm-hmm. stuff you put money into. Yeah, they're very well put together books. I mean, uh, and if I mean down the road, if you want to resell them, they still hold a lot of value. Oh yeah, trying to find a used copy on on Amazon or eBay, you're basically not paying much less than full price for a brand new one. Yeah, or, yeah, I said they're cheaper, but they're not like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like. A, Mass market paperbacks or anything. No, you're not going to find one for five bucks. And if you do, you know, buy it, let, uh, buy it and let me know where you found it because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of our, our decade in, in gaming. Uh, which will I lead think, us. like you could say. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, just like as a retrospective, that it actually seems like a pretty good decade for the tabletop games and the role-playing games. Oh, for sure. I think Fantasy Flight has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of steam. I don't, I don't know what he he's got a lot out of their Star Wars license. Oh, I, I totally agree. And and I mean, this decade really, as far as gaming. Uh, certain aspects of the gaming has been dominated by Fantasy Flight, um, which is where part of that concern comes from uh, when you start hearing rumors of layoffs and divisions being let go. It's, it's I don't know, it's pretty, uh, uh, it's, it makes me a little bit anxious uh, to know what's going on. I mean, you look at the video games, and it's you know Force Unleashed, which I, I don't think you did. You say if you played those or if you enjoyed them? Yeah, I did. I did like them. Uh, I like other video games better. Um, <laughs> I, I did actually like Knights of the Old Republic a, a little bit better than than Force Unleashed. Um, yeah. Most of what I liked about the Force Unleashed games, uh, at least what I can remember from them, because it's been a long time since I played those, uh, was the story behind it. Uh, the story of the secret apprentice that Darth Vader had and mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I liked I liked the story. Uh, the gameplay was a little over the top. Yeah, I don't want to say wonky. It was just a little off. Uh, it it wasn't the best game as far as actual gameplay went. Over the top is yeah. a good way to put it. And so, like, and says kind of what I, I don't know if you'd say LucasArts went out with a whimper with the Force Unleashed games. Uh, I'd be safe to say um, <laughs> they were popular. I mean, they were popular, but they weren't like what I would call landmark games or anything. Right. Uh, and then Star Wars: The Old Republic came out, and that basically replaced any sort of Kotor three that was if it was ever going to exist. Yeah, yeah, and um. And that was supposed to be the the World of Warcraft killer at the time. Yeah. That's how people talked about it. And it just – it's still a game. It's still going. Uh, the expansions are well-received. But, you know, it plays much more like a single-player game now yeah. than it did back back when it first launched. It's just not the game it was. Yeah. And, and so I think a lot of people view Star Wars The Old Republic as a disappointment still. Um. And I think that's fair, given the the expectations going into it. Yeah, um, it's very story driven now. Uh, yeah, and I think that's what most people like always, about it. Yeah, like, like yeah. And that's what I always because I I came from World of Warcraft, and I was just sort of tired of it. And yeah. that's what I really liked about Star Wars: The Old Republic was going through your actual class quests. Yeah. And, having everything voice acted, everything playing like a single player game in those aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just like not, not very innovative as far as actual MMO mechanics. No. And, and to be quite honest, the graphics are not the best out there. They're, they're 2011. Um, they're yeah. like 2010, 2011 graphics yeah. so, and they in have a game a, that came out in 2012. Yeah, so they're not really, they haven't really bothered to update the graphics. Uh, but I, I don't know, why would they, I guess, I don't know. Well, they because, I don't know, this is getting to the <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic too much. But, uh, but they yeah. used someone else's engine. They used the hero engine instead of making their own. Yeah. And so they are automatically just unable to do a lot of stuff stuff that they would want to do because the engine they chose just couldn't do it. Yeah. They're very limited in what they could do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just, I still like it. Um, that, that was pretty defining for a portion of like my star Wars fandom. Yeah. That time period, like the early two thousands. Oh yeah. Uh, I was really into the old Republic stuff. Uh, and that game was, you know, kind of the height of that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and then, you know, Battlefront, like we said, we were kind of, you know, disappointed. I know there were a lot of Star Wars fans that were kind of disappointed in that that's all we were getting from EA for a yeah. long period of time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not a great decade for Star Wars <laughs> video games. When they all, and like... And like I said, I think Jedi Fallen Order is the best video game, Star Wars video game of the decade. Yeah. And and I'm not that excited. <laughs> I wish 
I wish this was a game amongst a lot of other games. Um, but it's still, like I said, it's, it's fun. It's really good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a lot more from the next decade. I'll just I'll leave it at that for yeah. Star Wars video games. Yeah. And I hope hope that Fantasy Flight can keep keep the doors open. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, either you know, and I wouldn't be heartbroken if the the license went to someone else, um, and we just got a different take on Star Wars tabletop role playing. Um. But, uh, oh dear! <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't see how they're how you have a decade equal to this. Yeah, as far as Fantasy Flight is concerned. But you know, they're a company, and they're going to have to figure it out. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they have to figure out ways to grow, like all companies do. And uh, maybe, maybe they're up to the challenge, and we'll get an even better decade. Who knows? Who knows? So, yeah, that's all I want to talk about. It brings us to our list of favorite Star Wars games. Um, I did not restrict my list to this decade. Um, But this this was more for me. This was more a uh, overall list of all Star Wars games um, that I put together. Uh, before before we get into our list, I wanted to mention um, we put a call out to our uh, our fans on, on the social media um, of what their favorite games were, and we actually got a, a couple of responses. <laughs> um, <laughs> on Facebook, uh, so the question was, what are your favorite Star Wars games? Uh, on Facebook, we got a response from Russ. Thanks for responding, Russ. Uh, his favorite games are um, OG Battlefront, which I'm assuming he's talking about the older mm-hmm. Battlefront, um, and Knights of the Old Republic uh, for video games. And then for tabletop, he actually has his favorite listed as Armada. So, oh, interesting. So that's interesting. Good, good picks for the video games for sure. Um, on Twitter, uh, well, let me find it. Where did it go? Come on, where yet? Pulling up my little... There we go. There we go. Okay. So, what are your favorite Star Wars games? Allie, um, she is at, at Starcrossed Allie, uh, said her favorite Star Wars game... She only listed one. She listed uh, Lego Star Wars. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I, I own quite a few of those. Um, specifically, yeah. the one that her is her favorite, because I asked for... Uh, Clarification, because there are a lot of them out there. Um, her favorite is actually uh, Star Wars: The Complete Saga. Yeah, those are the Lego games are always just, 
their sense of humor, I think, is always really good. Yeah. And, and uh, they play around with Star Wars and the genre really well, and they're just fun games to play. They are. Uh, I started playing The Force Awakens Lego game with uh, my wife a little while ago. Oh, okay. I go, and uh, and she loves it. Um, it's probably it, that probably would be her favorite uh, Star Wars game as well. Because I'm, I'm sure as soon as we're done with that, that she'll will go will go on to uh, the complete. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the complete saga. I haven't played the Force Awakens one. Um, I mean, it's a lot like the uh, the saga ones. It's just a lot cleaner and newer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's about it. I mean, I don't think the game mechanics really uh, change that much between game to game, just production. Well, yeah, no, it's it's Legos that are, yeah. <laughs> How fancy can you really get? Uh, yeah. So the two, those are the two responses uh, that we got. So thanks, uh, Russ and Allie, for responding to that. Um, I, we hope to get a lot more customer uh, or fan interaction in the future. So definitely appreciate getting some interaction on there. Um, but our favorite Star Wars games... Uh, do you want to start off or do you want me to start off? Um, well, I think we'll both end up having some, uh, honorable mentions if you want to, if you want to mention some stuff that didn't make your final list. I do have a couple, um, and they're both, they're both very similar, uh, because they're basically the same game more or less. Um, my two honorable mentions are Knights of the Old Republic and Star Wars The Old Republic MMO. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think... Uh, and I put my honorable mentions as uh, the Star Wars Bounty Hunter game uh, okay. for the PS2 and the Star Wars Trilogy Arcade game and the original one. That's okay. uh, just... I did play it a lot. Uh, cool. <laughs> and it was always the biggest, most exciting game in the arcade. Yeah. Well, and and the Bounty Hunter game, you had mentioned uh before we started recording that you found a copy of it on on eBay or something. Oh, yeah. You can pick uh, up a copy of that for like 10-15 bucks. You can go buy yourself a used PS2 for like 50-60 bucks. And basically for the cost of a brand new game, you can be playing Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Or if you have a PS4, uh, you can buy it on the PlayStation Store. They have it on there. Now. Oh, you can. Yeah. Oh well, I know what I'm doing later today. Uh. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so starting out at number five, my number five is specifically the campaign mode of Battlefront Two. Um. Okay. And. As far as video games go, uh, I mean, admittedly, the most important thing in a video game for me is actually the story. If the story does not grab me, um, I'm not going to like the video game. Um, so a lot of a lot of my favorite video games uh, outside of Star Wars are are like 
like Fallout 4, like any of the Fallout games except for 76, because 76, the story, quite frankly, sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you if you get me into a story and the story doesn't grab me, I'm, I'm not going to like it. Uh, but the story in the campaign mode of Battlefront 2 uh it it as as short as it is uh it it still kind of grabbed me i liked i liked the idea of this uh tie fighter pilot that um switches sides um but but even in general after having read uh inferno squad uh i really like that character uh, of Inversio, I like her. Um, but yeah, yeah I so, hope we see more from her. Yeah, for sure. Just as a... So, Battlefront 2, I don't remember when, but they put out kind of an expansion. I don't know if you'd call mm-hmm. it a, an expansion in the traditional sense, but there's there's another story that was added to the game uh, as part of the, the campaign mode. And you can't, you can't play it until you're done with the campaign mode. Uh, and it's called uh, Resurrection. Um, and it takes place during the era of the First Order. Um, but it's, it's the same character. It's Iden Versio. Uh, but it's her, you know, much older, and she has a kid. Uh, and I've I've started playing that one, but I haven't finished it yet. Um, and so far, I'm I'm liking that too. Uh, but yeah, so so the campaign mode of Battlefront Two is my, is my number five. Okay. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think we already kind of talked about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. there in the episode. Um, my yeah, my number five is a uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and again, I talked about it earlier. Yeah, uh, I think mechanically, it's one of the best Star Wars games. Yeah. Um, I think the story is it's just a little, a little lesser, lesser than some, but uh, but still engaging. I think classic Star Wars. Yeah. And a really well-made game. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the X-Wing Miniatures game that we talked about earlier. Um, you know, not... I don't know if you'd really consider this in the traditional sense of miniatures game if you're talking about, like, Warhammer or... You know those those type of miniatures games. Um, by definition, I guess it is a miniatures game. Uh, it's just not as. While there are a lot of expansions to it, where you can get new ships and whatnot, um, I don't think it's as expansive as like a Warhammer game, where you have, you know dozens if not you know two dozens of characters on the board if you if you that makes any sense um 
but I do enjoy it. Uh, my, my favorite is to play as uh, I just throw a bunch of TIE Fighters out. And uh, I, I enjoy playing as the TIE Fighters. Um, I like that there's, uh, you know, you've got these ships and your cards will allow you to play as certain characters like, like Darth Vader or uh, Luke Skywalker or Wedge Antilles, depending on what, you know, what type of ship you're using. Um, uh, as I said earlier, me and me and my son were part of a league for a while. And, and uh, it, it's something that, that you, is really fun. There's a league. The one we went to was here up here in Edmond. Uh, I believe there is also a league uh, down closer to you at uh, Game HQ. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're if you're really into space battles and that sort of thing, this is definitely the game for you. And it's really not that hard to learn either. Yeah, I think it's one of the things I'm going to try and. Uh try to get on board with yeah well if you want to try it out if you want to try it out again that's one of those games you can come over and and mess around with at my house uh or i can come down there uh because i've got a ton of ships <laughs> yeah, i i, I am, have to do like a, a board game night yeah. yeah i i kind of invested in that game and then See, here's the thing is, is I was really invested in that game until I actually found some people that were willing to play the role playing game. And that's kind of where the investment ended. Come like, I, I really want to play this role playing game. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, So how about your number four? My, my number four is uh, Edge of the Empire. Um, the tabletop game, and just for the reasons I said earlier, I think it was it's just pretty defining. Uh, it branched out uh, a lot of. That's where I branched out into a lot of different fandom areas, mm-hmm. areas because of it, and I found myself learning more about Star Wars universe. Oh universe yeah, is like the nitty gritty stuff because of it. Yeah, but, and yeah, that's probably where. This probably is like where I went from like sort of surface level fan to like a uh, lore weirdo. Okay, yeah, I can see but, that. Um, yeah, sure. Because like, yeah, because you just want to know like, what do you? <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I using? Where am I going? What is this for? <laughs> Get to know a lot more details. Yeah. But um. Anyway, yeah. Number that's my number four. I talked about it earlier. So. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Let's leave that at that. Sure, that's a good one. Uh, my number four was on your list, um, and it is Jedi Fallen Order. Um, so, I, I I did like the story. Um, I think a lot of the reason that I like the story is it takes place in an era that I am... Uh, really interested in. I, I do like the, the time period. Uh, I like reading about the time period between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. Uh, just one of my things. I like that time period. 
not to say there aren't other time periods that I like. I just I just happen to to like this one a lot. Um, so I like I like the story, um, but even beyond that, um, as far as video games go, I I really liked the gameplay in this one uh, more so than I have liked other Star Wars video games. Um, yeah. Like we mentioned Force Unleashed before, and as much as I liked the story on that one, I was not a big fan of the gameplay. So the gameplay on Fallen Order uh, was definitely a lot better, and I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, the, you know, the fighting mechanics overall, uh, in the game, I enjoyed, um, when I first played this game, uh, first started playing it, it reminded me in, in some small ways of the Batman Arkham series, uh, which is a game that, that I was really into for, you know, when they, when those were out, and I played those a lot. There were just little small things about the way this game was played that reminded me of the gameplay in that game. Um, so that's mm-hmm. another reason that I liked it. Uh, and and when I say uh, similar, it's very specific to the combat sequences. Um, just little things reminded me of the Arkham series. Um I will say that the one thing about this game, uh, I don't want to say I didn't like it, but it could have been better, I guess, is that to me, it it felt really fast. Uh, not, not as far as uh, like it was too fast to play, but the story was very quick. Because uh, usually it takes me a long time to get through video games. And and it didn't really take me much time to get through this one. So... Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Not a bunch of side quests. Right. It is... So I think very that... Very old school in that way. Yeah, I think that could have been approved a little bit. Because it just seemed like, you know, I had this game on pre-order for months and months and it finally came out and then it was like, well, wait, that's it? I just spent 60 bucks on that. Loved the game. I, I, top three of all games, loved it. I I just think it could have been a little bit more drawn out. And And you know what? Maybe we'll see some DLC somewhere down the line. Um, I have said there's not going to be any DLC. What? Who um, said that? Dice did? <laughs> the, what's her faces? Uh, Respawn. Oh, that's yeah. a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry okay, I think this theory. one just got dropped down to number four. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, yeah. man? Because I actually kind of... I actually kind of like the shorter length. Um, I don't know, maybe a longer game that is still like as focused as this one is. Yeah, because I don't like. I don't, 
yeah, I don't know. I'm conflicted on that, I think. I mean, I, I appreciate shorter focused games, but but yeah, having a big sprawling like Fallout 4 style uh Star yeah. Wars world is really appealing to me. May is not or is appealing to you. Is appealing, yeah. Okay, yeah. Same, same for me. Um I would have liked to have seen oh hmm. I don't know how far into the game you are, so I'm not I'm not gonna never mind. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not gonna I, mention that. It's fine. Well I would kinda like to see more of the story between the main characters and uh, that uh, female character from Dathomir. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen more of her because it seems like they used her and they brought her into the crew. And then as soon as they brought her into the crew, they just kind of forgot about her. Yeah. Like she had a couple of lines and that was it. It was like, why did she even come? Yeah, it is like one of the elements of uh, Bioware games and like the Fallout games. Yeah, Bethesda games is like like uh, I did play like Outer Worlds, and you did. Isn't that yeah. that's that's fairly new, isn't it? Yeah, I did it on the um, the Xbox Game Pass. Ah, is it good? And so it's only like it is. Uh, if you liked New Vegas, yeah, I did. Just uh, it's basically just that in a different setting. Oh wow! I gotta get that game then. Uh, it's pretty short, um, so you may uh, want to like. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a. I still have a, some money left on a Game Stop uh, gift card that I got for Christmas, so maybe I'll just go use that for that game. Yeah. I might, I might not drop like a full $60 on it. Yeah. No, I, it is. I think but, it's um, been on sale the last couple of weeks for like 30. Yeah. I think that's worthwhile. Okay. Yeah. I'll check but, it uh, out. Let's get the point. Just being like, you really get to know your, uh, your side characters and passengers in those games. Yeah. Yeah. Games, and you get to go like on spe- quest specifically for them. And I don't know if that would fit within. I think the style it could if they of... took the time to do it. Hell, if Bethesda yeah. can do it. Why can't EA do it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I do. That is an aspect of those games I always do like to see is really deep explorations of side characters because I do think one of the most important elements of Star Wars is characters. Oh, and I want absolutely. to get into those characters as deeply as possible. Absolutely. Um, and some of my favorite characters in Star Wars The Fallen Order um, are are actually, well, like you mentioned earlier that, that you weren't all that into Cal. Um, he's actually not one of my favorite characters in that game. I, I actually, for one, I really like the pilot. I thought he was amusing. Oh, yep. Like him. Uh, I like that that night sister. I would have liked to have seen more of her. Um, mm-hmm. I actually liked uh, second sister. She was probably my favorite character in the game. 
Yeah. Yeah, dark side characters are just a lot more interesting most but just, of the time. Like, just her background made her so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... So, anyway. Um, so, that uh, was my number three. Yeah, and uh, my number three is the uh, OG Battlefront games. Cool. Um, and I talked about that before. Uh I wasn't like that hardcore into them or playing them online with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. but you know, I had a PlayStation two that was a game available for it. I could play it with friends and that was really, um, I don't know. That's where you really got to sort of explore the star Wars universe cool. first and play around with star Wars characters. Very cool. I never that's had like a 2004, PS2. 2005. Yeah. I never had a PS2. So. Yeah. I, I always got, that was the last console that I had. But man, the PlayStation 2 was around for a long time. It really was. And and even after they introduced the PS3, they were still selling PS2 games. Yep. Yep. It was PS it, that's a whole different conversation, but PS2 sure. was huge. Yeah. Uh, cuz it I think it was the first it was used like as a uh, a DVD player. That's right. In a lot of countries. Countries that even in the US like it was just, uh, yeah, it was a big deal, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why I did most of my like console gaming in high school when I had time to uh, do that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah. So number two. Oh, you know what? Before I, I I mentioned my number two, I just thought of another honorable mention. Um, <laughs> okay. I forgot to list it, and and it's actually something that I'm still playing currently. Um, and it's a, uh, I don't know, you want to call it a mobile game? It's called Star Wars Commander. Yeah. Have you played the, that? Uh, where you build up a base. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like yeah. that one. I'm still playing that one. I'm uh, not very good at it. but yeah, I'm the first <laughs> few times. Oh, well, you know, let's have a, <laughs> Star Wars mobile games have always just been, a big old dang mess. Gotta be <laughs> yeah. honest. Yes. They never last. Because uh, there was a there was a one I really liked, uh, Star Wars Uprising, that came out. And that was like almost yeah. like a regular sort of RPG. I never and got to play that. That got one. shut down. Yep. Um, Star Wars Commander the, has actually been around for a little little while though. I think it's the one of the oldest ones. That's probably the mm. oldest one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my only issue with that is that the first few times I tried to play it, I ended up uh, just losing all my data. Yeah. Data, yeah. and so I just sort of gave up. Yeah. And that, that's just like a technical issue with my phone, so it wasn't like... Yeah. But yeah, I still play that one, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Oh, there was it's a MOBA a little while ago. A what? That was a lot of fun. I played a MOBA. Um, I don't think I've heard of that one. What was it called? Something, something heroes. Oh, Star Wars heroes. Uh, yeah, that, Star Wars. that. Maybe that's what I want. Star Wars. I think it's Star Wars heroes or, or Galaxy of Heroes. Maybe I. I... No, because I still have that. Force loaded... Arena. Oh, that's not the one I'm thinking. Uh, of. Galaxy of Heroes is the. Uh... Yeah, I played Galaxy of Heroes for for a long while, and then I got annoyed just because. 
it's just got much slower collecting heroes and stuff. Yeah. And I, was I, just, I still have that one loaded on my tablet. I just don't play it anymore because I'm usually playing Star Wars Commander. Um, anyway, yeah. so my number two uh, is uh, the board game we mentioned earlier, Outer Rim. Um, I mean, I talked quite a bit about it earlier, but uh, like I said, I did a, I did a, I wrote a review of it. Uh, you can check that out on the future of the Um, and I, I like that, you know, you've got these different characters you can play, um, and you can, you start off with basically a crappy ship and you can get a better ship as time progresses and, uh, and you can have battles along the way. Uh, but, but also you can, you can actually play the game, uh, without any fighting sequences. Cause the, you know, the, the point of the game is to get a certain amount of fame or, uh, really in their case, infamy, uh, uh, points. And you can do that based on the number of jobs you are able to complete. Now, um, one of the types of jobs that you do is collecting bounties. So in in that aspect, you actually do have to do a little bit of combat. Uh, But there's also jobs where you are collecting and delivering illegal cargo. Uh, So you, you could play that game... Uh, without ever having to fight. Um, but overall, it's just a really fun game to play. Yeah, that's another one for, one for our uh, our board game night. Uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I also... <laughs> just going back to mobile games. <laughs> I want to mention the ghost the ghost game that is Star Wars Rise to Power. Uh, I don't know if you can still just look this up in the Google Play Store, but is it? It has been in pre-alpha testing mode for six months. Huh. No updates, no anything. Just sitting on the Google Play Store. I could install it now and still play it. Just the pre-alpha mode. It is just. I. I. They won't shut it down. <laughs> They won't update it. I don't know what's going on with this weirdo this ghost is, game. This is the first time I've ever heard of it. What's it called again? Uh, Star Wars Rise to Power. It's uh, kind of like a resources resources building. Um, I guess maybe naval game you might oh, call it. Oh, see, I pull it up and it says closed pre-alpha. So okay, not, so you I, can't install it. I cannot install it. I'm looking okay, at the yeah, I'm looking so at the pictures like, though, and it it kind of looks like a. Oh wow, that that looks. Really but it's different. on the store still. Yeah. Space God, may space may not? space may open up later. Guys, if you're gonna open the game, open it. If you're not gonna do anything, shut it down. Stop! Ten, what is ten, this? Stop it! It's got over ten thousand downloads. 
I don't know. It's just, it just annoys me. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, so, my number two. Yeah, what's your number two? <laughs> is uh, <laughs> uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Um, okay. okay. A game I I have spent. Uh, I was I was on there on launch day. I was very hyped and excited about this game, and I'd say I still was. I think the only reason I stopped playing it was just because of like real life situations. Yeah, just where I, I just up with it anymore but um darn life keeps getting in the way <laughs> but yeah i still think it has some of the best just uh storylines in a star wars game um i still follow some of the writers of those of those storylines like alex freed who worked on the uh the imperial spy by story storyline love that uh, that's probably actors my f- yeah that's probably my favorite storyline uh, of all of them. Yeah, it it is one of the best, and uh, I still the voice actors I still recognize. Um, it's still I still think it's still if if you want to get into like a big Star Wars world, it's still probably the best game to get into. Yeah, um, like it it plays it still plays like an MMO from two thousand from the 2000s mm-hmm. but uh but they they've upgraded the graphics a little bit like you can if you have the equipment you can pump them up and they're not like amazing or anything but yeah um and they're, they're still putting out expansions and you can play those without having to worry about the old content but uh but yeah it's still just a a game i spent a lot of time in uh, I don't want to know exactly how much time I spent playing that game. Uh, <laughs> and I know a lot of that time was just spent picking out an outfit for my character. So he would look <laughs> super cool. And I tell you what, he does. Uh, I can still log in and look at my super cool character with a toothpick. Let me tell you something. Getting a toothpick was super expensive and very difficult. But I did it. <laughs> and now... Okay. My character just has <laughs> a toothpick. The the simplest stuff is the hardest, most difficult stuff to find for just wow. like cosmetics. Wow. Just like uh, <laughs> so anything that's like plain or just like uh, just a cool long trench coat, difficult to find. Yeah. yeah. Uh, toothpicks for your smuggler character, difficult. Anyway. So your main character is. Time. So your main character is a smuggler character? Yeah, well, okay, yeah. it's the coolest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that's a good that's a good storyline. I I think I like the spy one better. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's very good. Um I just have issues playing bad guys. It makes me feel bad. Oh, not me. <laughs> But yeah, that's I mean it is a good game. A lot of uh a lot of aspects of the most recent uh story arc that I ran you guys through in uh in our Edge of the Empire game, uh a lot of that I stole from this game. <laughs> yeah, I I recognize it. <laughs> yes. Um 
because I really like, I really do like the environment of this game. Uh, and I, I would say this game would probably have made my list and or been very high on my list had I played it on a decent computer. Because oh, all the yeah. times that I've played it, it's been on a computer that is just a piece of crap that I just had yeah. to do whatever with schoolwork or, or just never. It was never something that like if I loaded something on there that took up a lot of resources, it would just the computer wouldn't crash. It just would not run very well. So I never got, I don't think I ever got the best experience playing this game. Um, that's not to say that I didn't try because I put in a hell of a lot of hours on this game too. Uh, I just think I would have enjoyed it more had I, had it been on a better computer. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, definitely a good, good solid number two or even a number one choice uh, for this game. Um, my number one, however, uh, is actually Edge of the Empire. Um, mm. As far as you know, all of my years of any type of gaming, role-playing has always been my favorite uh, over, you know, playing video games over tabletop role, uh, board games or anything like that. I've just, I've always been in, I remember playing my very first role playing game. I think I was in junior high. Um, so I've played a lot of role playing games and, um, so this is really why edge of the empire is my favorite. Not, not just because I enjoy role-playing games over other games, but this game is just really well put together. The stories that are involved are really interesting. The characters that you can come up with are, are very intriguing. Uh, the artwork in the books is amazing. The game mechanics are amazing. I just love this game. Um, I could say that the entire Fantasy Flight RPG line would be my favorite, but I actually haven't played any of the other ones. Um, I, I take that back. I did play the beginner set of Force and Destiny, uh, but the whole Force aspect in that game is a little weird to me. So, yeah. So Edge of the Empire is is the one for me. And that's my number one. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. Uh, I said what I said about it. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. List placement is always kind of arbitrary, but, um, number one for me, um, you know, before I say it, I will say like, you know, there's a lot of games from the two thousands that I probably would have really loved and had on this list. 
Yeah. But I just I didn't have computers, and those are games I've played after the fact that just aren't. You know, I think they're games you had to experience like at the time. Yeah. Time and, but uh, but this game I did play uh, pretty close to when it was released, and um, you know, as someone who was uh kind of crappy about the prequels for a while well um this is you know part of what made me really appreciate the prequels prequels and what they did and that's uh knights of the old republic one and two yes um still my most definitive star wars gaming experience um just the emotions and time uh, invested into them, seeing that you can get into complex ideas and philosophy via Star Wars. Um, the characters are just so strong. Like, this is just... Um, you know, when Bioware just couldn't do any anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it is... And they're just they're great games and I and I just wish every Star Wars game <laughs> was like Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. But that's it's fine. But yeah. I I did play the first one. I never got around to playing that second one. Uh the second one is probably even a little bit more heady than one. Oh. It's a lot more about about like I, I'd say it's like more complex as far as how it views the light side and the dark side and choosing between doing right and wrong and that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it is, whereas I think the first game is kind of action adventure. Sure. And it has like a big, Oh shit twist in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you ever get the chance to play the second one, I don't, know. You should, you go I don't know how I would. Out. How would I? Uh, I mean, if you have any half-decent PC, you can get it. At a, oh, uh, yeah. I would go to GOG.com. Okay. Um, uh, Steam, I don't think, updates their older games as well, or doesn't format them well. Uh, yeah. GOG.com is always really good with their older games. I'll check that out. It was making sure they run properly on newer machines. <laughs> but it doesn't take a lot. I mean, you could run. They have the first Knights of the Old Republic game on, you know, mobile phones. Yeah, I I could probably put that on my tablet. I don't know how well it would run it. Mm, it depends on the tablet, I guess. Yeah. Like I those. The games are super not demanding. Like this is two thousand six, seven stuff. Yeah. But uh or, you know, if you just look up YouTube videos of conversations they have <laughs> in that game, that would probably just give you an idea of what they're like. Yeah. No, I I mean I've played the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I I played the first one for sure, back when I still had an Xbox. Uh yeah, so I I wouldn't mind uh, maybe finding an older older system and playing that one again. But uh, but anyway, yeah, that's my number one. Cool. Very good.
Um, are there any honorable mentions that you may have forgot? Um, I don't know. Are you fishing for me to mention something? No, I just, I'm just wondering if you had any others that you had thought of, but no, if, I don't, if not, that's I don't fine. I think so. I think. We... Yeah. Cool. Um, so, um, next week we are actually going to go on a, uh, one week hiatus. We're going to take a break next week. Um, but we will be back on the 26th. Um, and we are going to start our, actually, we're not starting our Clone Wars series then uh what are we going to be talking about on the 26th uh well i oh. had our hiatus just going for the two weeks oh that's right that's right but i think if there's if there's an announcement before the 26th about the new star wars movie and director i think we'll we yeah, should do something at least quick yeah, and fast about do, that. do a mini episode that's good um yeah so in let you know if if there's any news that pops up that we really want to talk about uh, we'll have an episode uh, either on the 19th or the 26th, but uh, our plans thus far is to start back up in February um, with our Road to Clone Wars uh, series um, leading up to the February 17th release of Clone Wars. Um, so our first one should be will be February 2nd. Uh, strangely enough, that's my birthday. I just thought about that. Uh, so we will be talking about the impact that Clone Wars has had on Star Wars in general. Um, and our list that week will be top five Clone Wars characters. So uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or email and tell us who your favorite Clone Wars characters are, we would be happy to receive that information and talk about it on the air. Um, but, uh, yeah, so unless there is some pressing news that we really need to talk about, uh, we will be taking a two-week hiatus. So uh, I'm glad that you all tuned in, and I hope you guys keep tuning in. And uh, if you feel so inclined, support us by uh, becoming one of our patrons. Um, and that's all I've got. Do you have anything you want to close us out on today? Um, may, uh, may, may, uh, may, uh, may, may the force be with you. Okay. May the force be with you. <laughs> hey, goodbye folks. <laughs>